morning, everyone. Good to see you. And I trust that um, you've been hearing the Lord singing his song over you this morning. And I believe he's going to continue singing his song over us. It's a song of, of love. It's a song of his plans and his purposes, as we've just heard. Carla, can you join me, please? I want Carla. Carla had a scripture on her heart this morning. Um, and so I wanted her to just read this, please. I thought he was going to ask me to preach. That would be a big surprise. <laughs> so it's from Philippians 1. I haven't got my glasses, but anyway, I'll make, I'm sure I can do this. It's the prayer of thanksgiving. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always, in every prayer of mine for you all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you, that's all of you here, um, will bring it to completion at the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. Wonderful. How encouraging is that? That God is, is at work in our hearts and in our lives uh, individually and also collectively, and he will bring his purposes and his plans to pass in our lives. I think that's so encouraging. So today I'd like to speak on the apostolic heart, and the topic is developing a going and ascending church. Jostian Mossel Bay is recognized as, as a base church. I remember when I first came here, one of the questions I asked Emsley was, is this a base church? And he very enthusiastically said, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Churches and congregations have been planted out from here into the region and recently into Mauritius. There have also been many ministry trips to different churches, I uh, think of Emsley traveling more and more into the different churches in the region, and no doubt beyond. I think of, of Monet, how he sacrificially travels to Cape Town regularly to visit and to discuss matters in the, the 47 Jostgen churches. And so we're a base church, and we are growing more and more into what God has for us. There are more and more outreaches, I believe, God has for us. God is growing us more and more into a people with an apostolic heart and a congregation with an apostolic mandate upon us. The word apostolic is derived from the word apostle, which simply means a sent one. So God is planning, and the song that he's singing over us today is that I want to send you. I want you to go, and I want you to be a sent congregation. I believe that um, 2024, this year, is going to be a great adventure in God. As we are faithful in God's mandate for our lives and for this congregation. There's a wonderful journey, an adventurous journey 
he wants to take us on. But how do we mature in God's plans and purposes? How can we grow and mature in what God has for us? How do we become an effective base church to reach the region and also to reach the, the nations of the earth? Well, it all starts with embracing the commandment of Jesus. And I trust that we all have embraced this or will embrace it more and more. Matthew 28, 19 to 20 says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus himself is this perfect, perfect model of an apostolic heart. He left heaven to come to earth. John 6, 42 says, they were saying, is not this Jesus the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I have come down out of heaven? John 3, 13, no one has ascended into heaven, but he who descended from heaven, the son of man. So let's look at the purpose why is God calling us to be a base church? What is the purpose of this? John 6.33 says, For the bread of God is that which comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world. John 6.38 For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him. Who sent me. So the purpose of the apostolic and the, the apostolic heart is to share the bread of life, the bread of heaven with the world. It's to take that which God has placed within us and share it freely with others around us. And secondly, the apostolic heart is to do God's will and not our own. I wonder how much time and effort, energy, finance, we spend on doing our own will and not the will of God. How much energy we, we put into developing our careers which is a good thing. I'm not saying, hear what I am saying, not what I'm not saying. Into pouring into our careers, years and years of study and striving and to get that bigger house, to get that better car. I wonder at the end of the day if that's all worth it. Let's just realign a little to God's will and to his purposes and to his plans. What is he calling us to do? I want to encourage each one of us this year to become involved in apostolic travel in some way or another. Being obedient to God in apostolic travel starts somewhere. You need to take the first step. It has to start somewhere. 
let this year be the year that you take your first step if you haven't yet begun this adventurous journey in God. How did Paul's first missionary journey begin? Paul's, Paul's didn't just one day become this amazing person writing incredible letters to the churches, teaching the church about God's ways and God's purposes. It all began at some point in time. Barnabas and Saul, Paul, are called and sent by the Holy Spirit. We read this in Acts chapter 13, verse 1 to 4. Now, in the church of Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. The two of them, sent on their way by the Holy Spirit, went down to Cilicia and sailed from there to Cyprus. When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. John was with them as their helper. So what can we learn from this particular scripture? What does it teach us? The church of Antioch becomes this dynamic apostolic-based church where men and women would travel and come back and report back and then go out again, spread the good news, teaching the church, and then come back again. They were part of the this family, this apostolic family, whilst they are fasting and worshiping, the Lord together, sorry, whilst they were fasting and worshiping the Lord, one day the Holy Spirit begins to speak. He tells them to separate Saul, Paul, and Barnabas for the apostolic work that he has for them. This group of prophets and teachers then lay their hands on, on these men, these two men, and they send them out. In effect, it was at that moment, as they laid hands on them, that they released them as apostles, as apostolic men to travel and to go forth. They sailed to, to Cyprus and began to proclaim the word of God there. Paul's ministry grew because of his willingness and his obedience to the Holy Spirit. He heard the Holy Spirit say, I want to separate you and I want to send you. Will you go? His willingness to the Holy Spirit, Father, send me, send me, I will go. That's the apostolic heart. That's the beginning. Once we embrace that and that particular scripture, Matthew 19, where the Lord says, go into all the world. Once we embrace that in the heart, God works in the heart. And as we embrace that more and more, 
we rise up more and more in the things of God. We mature more and more in the things of God. We will grow and develop in our ministry as a base church, as we are willing and obedient to go wherever God decides to send us. Verse 5, we see something interesting. These two apostles go out and they take a helper with them, John Mark. And we know later, Paul and Barnabas, both strong, strong men. We, we, we read in scripture how they had a dispute down the line and then they didn't want to travel with each other anymore. And uh, I've been in that boat myself, actually. Um, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> Not today, anyway. <laughs> That's another teaching time somewhere along the line. But here, they were still good buddies, and they were working together, and they took John Mark. But the interesting thing is that they took a helper. Well, he's the only one that's mentioned at that time. But we read of other, other missionary journeys and missionary trips that, that were taken. There were always helpers that would go along and support As we embrace the apostolic more and more amongst us, I'm calling for helpers. I call us to become helpers. You might think, well, I can't stand up and teach and preach, and I can't do this, I can't prophesy, I can't, I don't know what. You can help. You can come. You can cook the food. Oh, I do that at home. You can wash the dishes. Yay! Anyone say yay? <laughs> There's always something. You can pray for the sick. You can help us pray. Um, stand with us. Encourage us. When we walk out of our tent in the morning, oh, another day, you can say, come on, you can do this. <laughs> Be encouraged. I'm glad I'm with you. We need to always remember we need helpers. We can be helpers. Many trips I've done over my years where I've gone simply to serve the one that's leading the trip. And I haven't expected to preach. I haven't expected anything. I've gone, I'll carry the box of groceries out of the store, the supermarket in Blantyre, and I'll put it in the 4 by 4 And uh, I'll pitch the tent. All that's part of the job, part of a heart, an apostolic heart, to serve God and to serve God's people. Acts 13, 2 says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. On that particular day, there were five, five uh, men there that were praying and fasting. The Holy Spirit says, send Barnabas and Saul. Send two of the five. That represents 40% of the team. 40% of the team that were sent out. To me, this, this indicates, indicates God's heart for a base church. Imagine if 40% of us all decide 
to go on a trip together. Wouldn't that be exciting? Wouldn't that be wonderful? I believe that more and more, God will call us to go. More and more, it's, it's taking place, it's happening. He's alive in our midst, he's working in our midst. Apostolic travel is costly. It is costly for us. It costs us three things, I've discovered. Our time, our comforts, and our finance. So I want to talk mainly about our, the finance that it costs us to travel. Um, time is so important too for those that are working. Um, I understand that you'd have to take por portion of your holiday, um, your annual holiday to do a trip. I understand that. It's not easy out there. We just came back a couple of months ago. We went to uh, Zimbabwe. No, before that, Zimbabwe and Malawi. But when we're in Zimbabwe, um, same thing, load shedding. No lights at times, no, and that means also no water. They couldn't pump the water. So our host was little house, you know, and we had this, these buckets in the bathroom. And then we would have to scoop water out into a smaller bucket, and then we would bath in a bucket. I mean, that's, that's not comfortable for us, is it? We, we're not used to that. We just go and turn on the, and there's the water flowing up from the shower. Beautiful. So it's not easy. It costs us time, it costs us our comfort, and it costs us our finance. I want to mainly focus on the finance side of it today, especially because we have that, could we have that, that Zambian uh, slider, please? Thanks. Let's just look at this trip coming up for Zambia. And um, recently the elders um, discussed how are we going to fund our, our travels um, into the future? We need to set a model in place so that we, we know what we do and we can do it together. Um, fortunately, God has made a way for myself and Carla to travel apostolically. The churches, uh, this is family time, right? So I'm talking family stuff. Um, the, the, four, the churches that relate to, to 412 Global, um, they contribute into a fund every month, part of their tithe. And out of that, funds are allocated to some of the guys to, to travel. So out of that fund, um, they fund my traveling. So all my airline tickets are bought and my, if I go by car, my fuel is paid. So I really thank God for that. So when we talk about financing, um, I'm not standing up here asking you for money for myself to travel, but I will be asking you for some assistance for the team, the helpers, the team that travel together. Okay, so we've spoken about this as elders, and I've spoken to Monet on depth about this as well. Uh, right, Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. 
Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. As a base church, God is calling us to travel more. How best can we honor God in terms of finances? When we look at that scripture, his will for our life, lives, good, acceptable, and perfect. So I want to look at those three things today in terms of financing and in terms of the Zambian outreach. Good. What's a good way? Greg spoke about a good way to finance your, uh, an apostolic trip. You mentioned a good way. And that good way is to, every month, put some money aside. Put some money aside. Knowing that God's going to call you at some point in the year to do a trip. And will you be able to just put your hand up and say, yes, Lord, send me. Here I am. You've made a way. But I also understand that life is tough out there. And some of us might be just scraping through each month. There might not be 10 cents to put aside to travel. So now we have to look at another. South Africans generally are very bad savers, so I'm told. <laughs> you think so, Michael? <laughs> Don't know. So let's look at an acceptable way then to fund apostolic travel. We can ask our friends and our family for finance to, to help us. We can do this either verbally, by letter, or post something on social media and say, I've got a trip coming up. Can you help me, please? Okay. That's acceptable. It's not perfect. It's acceptable. Okay. Let's consider, consider a better way that is totally acceptable. James chapter 2 verse 18 says, But someone will say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Sometimes we need to put our faith into action. And we need to do something practically. So we combine our faith with something practically that will release the finance to do the travel. Let's have a, a look at a, at, a, at a few acceptable ways to raise funds. Okay. Two things we believe. What's in my fridge is in your fridge. And what's in your fridge is in my fridge. Now, we, 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 can, we can roll that out. We could roll it out to even say, what's in my wallet is in your wallet. What's in my bank account is in your bank account. Can we do that, amen? Or is it only our fridge we're talking about? <laughs> is it only our fridge, Greg? You're the accountant. You know. Okay. So, in other words, we, sh we share our resources. We share with family. The other thing we believe in terms of biblical values that we believe is that it's better 
together. It's better together. A base church has resources. It has people resources, and it has financial resources. That's a base church, and that's how God grows a base church. He brings people in, and he brings finances in to reach the nations. Some go into the nations, and some might never go. But they are able to financially contribute and send those that are going. You might never go, sitting here today, you might never go. But God might say to you, okay, I want you to help to send someone. And you might have deep pockets to be able to just go halfway. Go the whole way. <laughs> and just support a team that are going. Okay, let's look at some of the things that are acceptable and what we can do practically. Okay. Firstly, a business people, you could allocate funds every month. Allocate a portion of your profit. Doesn't have to be a lot, but as we're faithful, God will add, add, and add. Secondly, you could start a, a business venture and sow the profits. Sean, Sean May has just begun to do that. He's begun a new, a new business recently. Um, I think it was the 24th of December. He started um, officially, and... The whole goal of that is to fund apostolic travel so that he can go. And he and Lauren, are, they've put their hands up for that Zambian trip. And by the way, while I'm talking of the Zambian trip, it doesn't have to be a whole month. Carl and I will be there for an entire month traveling. But if you can make it in for three days, a week, whatever, um, We'll slot you in. There'll be some church that we will be working into somewhere in Zambia, and we can always try and coordinate that with you. Um, okay, so Sean and Lauren have indicated they're coming, and so has Theo and Amanda. They've also indicated that they, they are coming. Um, okay, we could have a car wash day. Now, I understand we've done that here before in the past, but that's a way to fund it, not only for... Um, why don't we start doing car washes, not only for Zambia, but maybe to fund the, as Steve, Steve Britz calls them, his kids, to go to 412 conference. Instead of us having to, you know, get on our knees and beg for finance, why don't we put our faith practically into doing something? Let's start now. Another way, we could collectively and together hold a yard sale. A garage sale. Okay. We are planning to have a, a garage sale. Monet calls it a yard sale. Um, so we are planning, planning this, and it's a project that's something we can all get involved in. Each one of us can get involved in. How? Well, if you walk through your home or your garage or, or your garden, have a look around. If there's something that you would like to donate, 
something that you're not using or something that you use every day, but you prepare to give it. God doesn't just take the old stuff, broken stuff. He likes new stuff. <laughs> I remember Reinhard Bonker, when he first was looking for big, a big truck to, to put his tent in to travel, he, went to the, he tells the story, he went to a scrapyard and he would look around at all the old second-hand cars and the trucks. And God said to him, what are you doing looking in a scrapyard? I'm God. I can give you the best. Okay. Have a look around your house, please. And uh, let's see what we can, we can do together. Um, I'm going to ask, um, I've asked Theo and Amanda just to coordinate that, God, that garden sale, that yard sale uh, for us. So please, if you have anything that you would like to contribute they will arrange for the sale when, where. We'll discuss that as we go forward. Um, we'll discuss what's going to happen. I need to just bring that to the elders in the next elders meeting when Hannes is here. What do we do? How do, where do we put the finance of that that's been sold? And how do we arrange that so there's proper accountability and everything? But if you have something, please, won't you contact Theo and Amanda? Um, and then let's, let's do this together. There might be another way as, you, as we continue on this year. There might be other ways that you think of that we could fund apostolic travel. So won't you just allow God to, to be creative within you and then bring it to the elders and then, then let's begin to um, pray that through and put something in place so that we know going forward, year after year, this is what we do. This is how we do it and how we trust God. Okay, we've had a look at the good way. We've had a look, look at an acceptable way of raising funds. And I just briefly want to look at the perfect way. I traveled on Dudley Daniels' apostolic team for many years. Um, it took me to many countries in Africa, but also many countries around the world. Um, Dudley taught me God's perfect way regarding funding of my apostolic travels. Before I met Dudley, I would send out this newsletter, um, but it was really a, a, a letter begging for finance, or it was, um, I believed faith without hints is dead. So I would, I would send out a newsletter, oh, 200 people got saved at the last crusade, and uh, 10 people were, were healed, and... 20 people were delivered, and I, I didn't make up the stories. They were all true. But I put them there because I knew that would stir a person's heart. Because at the bottom, I'd say, my next apostolic trip was on such and such a date and such and such a place. And the whole thing was geared for them to finance me, finance my ministry. And then Dudley spoke with me one day, and he said, look, there's a better way. There's a better way to do it. Um, I don't think you should send letters out. Well, I, I stopped sending letters out immediately. And you know that thousands of rands poured in, poured into to my ministry. Um, there was never a shortage of, of money to travel, to do what God wanted me to do. One Sunday, I even remember, 
after the meeting, one of the, the deacons that had taken up the offering, he came to me with an, uh, a white envelope with my name on. He gave us, he says, it was in the offering box for you. And um, I opened it, and there was a Kruger Rand. I only found out months later who it was. Um, came from a, a surgeon. He's no longer alive now, but he was a, a surgeon in Peter Maritzburg. And he placed this. And that's the way God, I can tell you so many stories of how God um, funded my, my travel. There are ways to trust God for finance, a good way, an acceptable way, a perfect way. I believe Dudley, Dudley taught me the perfect way um, was just to trust God, trust God for the travel. So I would say if you want to do it the perfect way, make your intention known. No harm in telling people, I'm planning to do this trip, I'm planning to go there, I'm planning to do that, but leave it there. Then grow calluses on your, on your knees and trust God to bring it through. But yes, we are going to hold a garage sale. Philippians 4, 67 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. One last example, Dudley comes to me one day and he says, I want you to go to Australia, well, Fremantle. Uh, we're going to plant a new church there. So I want, I'd like you to go and preach and crack the ground open for us there and um, start something. So you learned you'd never say no to Dudley. Um, it's just you don't do it. You just trust God. You just rise up and you fund the faith and you, you do it. And I never had the money for the air ticket. And the time was getting closer and closer for me to buy my air ticket and to go. I'm sitting in Peter Maritzburg. I go into flight center. Must have been about two months before I was due to fly out. I'm sitting in flight center with my credit card. And I'm discussing an airline ticket, return ticket with a lady there, and I was going to pay with my, my credit card to get there and back, to honor Dudley and to do what God's calling me to do. As I'm sitting in front of this woman, my mobile phone rings, my cell phone rings. I said, sorry, excuse me, I need to take this. It's my cousin from Pretoria, wealthy businessman then. He says to me, I want to know something. Where are you traveling to next? And how much money do you need? Just like that. I'm sitting there with my credit card. Buying my airline ticket, I get this call. David, I'm sitting in front of the lady. I've got to pay now. He says, just tell me how much it is. And then I'll transfer the money. Bought my ticket there and there. That's God. We just need to rise up and have faith to do it. God knows our needs. And with this, I'll close now. 
God knows our needs. Maybe you're sitting here today and you're thinking, how am I? Trevor's talking about apostolic travel and funding. I can't even get through next week financially. We want to pray with you today. If you're anxious about this year and finances for this year, let's pray and let's trust God. And let's stand together and believe him. Let's break open something in the financial realm. We're not, I'm not talking prosperity doctrine. I, I hate it. But I'm talking about the provision of a father who loves us, who cares for us, and who wants the best for us.